This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. It's very poignant to be here right before the Yom Tov of Purim at the kever of Reb Chaim Michal Doiv ben Rav Yosef Weismandel, Reb Michal ben Weismandel, the great tzaddik. He was born in 1903 on the fourth day of Cheshvan. He was Nifter Vav Kislev, Tavshin Yudches, 1957. His father was a shoychet, and Rav Weismandel was born in Slovakia in uh, 1931. He comes to Nitra to learn under the Nitra Rav, Rav Shmuel David Unger, who ultimately, Rav Weismandel marries his daughter, Bracha Rachel. And uh, so he was an Oberlander Yid, wasn't that a Hasidish Yid? And he's one of the great minds of uh, the Jewish people in our history. Really, it's so interesting that he was an expert in uh, many manuscripts. In fact, he traveled to Oxford to go to the Bodleian Library. And interesting legend has it that he was so, uh, he so impressed the librarian in the Bodleian Library that he was given special access to various manuscripts. Now, Rav Weismandu really dedicated his life to his younger years to be able to save as many Yidin as uh, possible. And Nebuch, broken-hearted, he felt there was so much that could have been done, but unfortunately it fell on deaf ears. Rav Weismandel collected money to bribe various officials, Roosevelt, Churchill, the Pope, but ultimately the world did not want to hear what, what they knew was true. Uh, he was able to successfully halt to a great deal the uh, extermination of Slovakian Jewry for about two years. However, uh, after that amount of time, 1944, there was, uh, they were rounded up, including Rav Weismandel and his family. They were put on the cattle car and they were headed to Auschwitz. Rav Weismandel was a brilliant mind. He had hid a knife in a challah and he took out the knife. He chiseled a hole in the cattle car and he jumped the train and he went back to Slovakia and ultimately his life was saved. But he never forgot the fate of his wife and he never forgot the fate of his family and he was distraught, depressed over the fate of his people and his family. He comes to the United States and he remarries the daughter of Atzechayim, of Chaimelio Teitelbaum and he had another five children. But as it says on the kever, Masar Nafshoi Lahatsil Amoiva Adasa, he gave up his life to save his people. Yoimam Valailo Lahishvis Vesheros Koichai. Ovla Nehi Ubachi Loipaskamita, he did not stop his mourning. Lekever Hoyrit Sarai, he brought his grieving, his grieving down to the grave. Revice Mandel comes to New York together with his uh, brother-in-law, Rav Shalmai Sha'anger, the son of the Nitra Rav, they established the yeshiva in Nitra, in Somerville, New Jersey. And I want to thank my, my good friend, Rav Nassim Weldler, who is a great-grandson of Rav Shraga Feivel Mendelovich, who Rav Shraga Feivel was uh, successful in helping the Nitra Rav, uh, helping Rav Michal Ber establish the yeshiva in uh, Mount Kisco in Somerville. Okay, we have traffic here in the cemetery. Uh, we can push this to the side for a minute. Now, the uh, Nitra Rav was not a healthy man. 
he suffered from a, a number of uh, heart attacks. And finally, in 1957, he was uh, hospitalized for a few weeks. And ultimately, he was nifter on the sixth day of Kislev in the year 5718-1957. So we're here now at the Kever in uh, Woodbridge Memorial Gardens in Woodbridge, New Jersey. And it's rather poignant that Rabbi Chalber is renowned. Uh, many don't know that he was Baki Mamish Bakal Mekzais Hatayra, especially in the words of the Rishonim. But he was an expert in counting the letters of the Torah. He had almost a computer, a mind that that worked like a mechashev, like a computer. In fact, the story goes, it's brought in the Vaharevna of Rabbi Yitzchak Zuberstein, that uh, Rabbi Yaakov Mordechai Greenwald was once conversing with Rabbi Chalber Weisvandal, and he says, um, Rabbi Chalber says to him, do you know how many letters are in the Megillah? He said, uh, no, nah, <laughs> I guess I must have just slipped my mind. Rabbi Chalber says there 12,196 letters in the Megillah. So Rav Greenwald said, no, what are you going to do with that? He says, let me show you. You go to the first Aleph in the Torah of Bereshis, and from there you count 12,196 letters, the number of letters in the Megillah. So Esther, and you get to a Samach. And from there you count 12,196 letters, you get to a Tuf. And likewise, you count 12,196 letters, you get to a resh. That's the remez to Esther. Starting from the first Aleph in the Torah, you count the number of letters in Megillus Esther. It spells out Esther. Now just between, between us, the statistic likelihood of spelling out a word in that kind of jump is impossible. So if Greenwald asked, Onu, where's Mordechai? So Weissmandel says, I don't know right now. But I'll tell you next year. Comes back next year. Rabbi Yisrael says, ah, Don't worry, I didn't forget about it. Where is Mordechai alluded to in the Torah? Mordechai min Torah minayin. Mordechai, the Targum says, Mare Dachia. If you count from the letter Mem of Mordechai, 12,196 letters, you get a Resh. From there, 12,196 letters, you get a Dalid. From there, the same jump, you get a chaf, and then a yud, Mordechai. Who could imagine being able to uncover such, such compelling secrets of the Torah? It's even brought that Rabbi Greenwald said there was a particular lady who was a, a tough cookie. She w- would not be mamin and tarmin shamayim, but when she was presented with this Torah code, and she worked in statistics. She admitted that it's statistically impossible in any document to have cogent words spelled out in this kind of jump. I have my own experience because I once shared a, a remez of Rechobar Weissmandel and somebody came over to me. This was uh, in a shul where I was a rub in Queens and said to him, this was the most compelling evidence to Tarmin HaShemayim that he ever came across. And this is well known. But to me, it's particularly poignant. I heard this from my father so many times, but to, to be able to say it at the kever of Michal Ber, who he was the one who discovered this. We know in Megillus Esther, there are large letters and there are small letters. The large letter are the letter Ches in Chor Karpas of Sechelas, the letter Tav of Vatech And the Svarim teach us, this is brought in the Shi'ir Ma'ayin, of the Erloi is brought in the writings of Rav Shanchanash Meashapoli 
and elsewhere that the big tough and the big ches is brought in the Sheres Yisrael, it's brought in the Yismach Moshe. This, this big tough and ches represents Tachvetat, that Mordechai and Esther encoded in the Megillah the future Tzaros of Klal Yisrael, so to speak, and the future salvations. Well, says Rabbi Michal Ber, we know if you look in the Ten Sons of Haman, you have three small letters. You have a small tough, a small shin, and a, t- a small zayin. But we know the year Tav Shin Zayin appears, occurred six times in our history. There's also a big Vav in Vaizasa. Says Rabbi Michal Ber, we know, 1946, 10 Nazis, actually 11 Nazis, were tried for their wartime atrocities that they committed to the Jewish people. And because the Vatican pleaded for amnesty, the court case was delayed until the following year, 1947, Tav Shin Zayin, on Hoshana Rabbah. And by that time, one of the Nazis, Goring, had already committed suicide, so they're down to ten. And they were all hanged in the year Tav Shin Zayin. Which Tav Shin Zayin? The Big Vav, 5707. The sixth time Tav Shin Zayin happened in our history. This is alluded to in the Aseris B'nai Haman. Who discovered this? Who could have come up with this incredible remez? Somebody told me in his mind, this is the clearest evidence that Torah is Menashe It seems like the codes of Remichal Ber were so compelling to people. People just said, okay, they're Mahida al ha'emes, that this is a, a divine document. And as we know, Julius Streicher, when he was taken to be executed, he cried out, Purimfest, 1946 indicating that this is not the first time in our history that the Jewish people celebrated the hanging of ten Amalekim. This was the, what he called Purim Hasheni, the second Svetin Purim, he said. This was the second Purim for the Jewish people. This is one of the, the Koychos of Rav Michal Ber Weismandel. And to say it at the Kever, right before the Yom Tov of Purim, is a, quite a poignant moment. Rabbi Michal Ber believed, Leka midi ba'iraisa. There's nothing that's not alluded to in the Torah. He believed that all the technology that is coming out in our century is all alluded to in the Torah. So, one thing that he would say is that he tried to raise so much money to, to be able to bribe officials to buy the, the lives of Jewish people. And people didn't want to buy buy these Yidin. In fact, he would say in the Toichecha, when it says, you will be sold, but nobody wants to buy you, that referred to his efforts to try to redeem Yidin for money, and people didn't take him up on it. Now, Rabbi Michal Ber said, there's a remez to America and the Torah. Where? It says about the Torah, the Torah is not overseas. So it says, if it's talking to the Jews in Asia and Europe, what does it mean the Torah is not overseas? Of course it's not overseas. What is, it, what is the, the message of the Torah that the Torah is not overseas? The answer is it's talking to the Jews in America. And it's saying to the Jews in America, don't think you need to go to Eretz Yisrael to learn Torah. The Torah is wherever you want to bring it. It's loy me'ever layam. Interestingly, in the 50s when the uh, Russians were sending uh, Sputnik into outer space and uh, there was talk about landing on the moon so some did not want to believe it is possible to land on the moon after all it says Hashamayim Shamayim Lashem Ve'aretz Nasam Le'edon and Rabbi Michalber says no it's a Beferish Pasuk in Oivadia Parakalaf Pasuk Dalev in Bein Koychavim Tosim Kinech you put your nest in the stars I'll bring you down from there all it means is that man can't live 
in a permanent manner in outer space. And even if they do, it's only because they bring the oxygen from Earth. And uh, Rehobar had astounding Ramazim, and uh, he, he said that when he would see a Sefer Torah, the letters of the Torah would rise up and dance before him. That's how he appreciated the words of the Torah. Here we have, he says, emanated him like a, a, a powerful river. He was able to uncover the secrets of the Talmud and his focus was to uncover the words of the Rishonim from the Gemara. Peh, Mapik Margolius, a mouth that emanated pearls. Oisiois HaTorah B'Safrai, in his counting of the letters of the Torah. He is, so to speak, the father of the Torah codes. And this, of course, is a great chilek of Torah. As Reb Chaim Vital says, most of the secrets of the Torah lay in what is called Diluge Oisiois. So here, we're in the aftermath of Parshas Zachar, the destruction of Amalek, heading into the Yom Tov of Purim. And even though Nebuch, we, as mentioned in the Megillah, many of the Gzeros are, are revealed in Megillah Esther, but now we hope we should be Zoycha to the ultimate downfall of Amalek and the issue of Klal Yisrael. And when that great day of Tchias HaMesim comes, certainly Remichal Ber, together with all the Tzadikim, will rejoice, Yismach Tzadik Hichazanakam, the Tzadikim will rejoice when they see the revenge of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. they will be Zoycha to see the Nefila of all of our Oivim, and B'Yishuas Yisrael, B'mher V'yaminu, Amin. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.